And welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down, the newest member of the Bruiser Nation podcast network, a division of Snapmere Productions. We are back. It is week two. Got a little bit of predictions. We've got our homework assignments here for the weekend. But boys, how's the middle of the week been for you? Exhausted. A little exhausted. I think we all are. Uh, You guys are aware. I can't say where yet. I I have to wait until I get approved. But I'm starting my work next week in Cleveland. So I'm preparing for the move. I'm really excited. Let's go. Doing all of that. It's just really hectic. And go figure. Just because it's the perfect way to send me into Cleveland. I have another wedding on Saturday. So... I was just going to say, you got to tell everyone that you literally have to move in like less than 24 hours because you have a wedding taking up half of your weekend. Luckily, this one I'm not in. Uh, I'm like, you know those weddings, I'm sure we've all been in them, where you're not in, but you feel like you were really close to be, so there's still an expectation that I'm like there and all that. You got to be high energy, you got to be... Right there in the second or third row. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll I'll probably put on a brave face, but I, I've got to only have a few drinks because I'm going to go back and then I've got to leave at like 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning, get over there, get settled into my buddy's place for the day. And then, you know, we have to watch some football for, for the love of the game. For the love of the sport, he says. So how about you guys? That's a lot from me. Steven, you had a really busy time in Indianapolis. You want to tell us a little about it? Yeah, I'm finally back here uh, at home base here in Columbus. Yeah, I just got – I was there for work essentially. Got to mix in some – a little bit of golf. As you know, I got to go to the Colts game, see AR5 make his rookie debut. And even last night, I got to witness the legend himself and Mr. One Dave Chappelle. So never thought um, – you know, he's he's just – He's not real, right? In our minds, we know he's kind of in our childhood. We all grew up on Chappelle. I don't want to speak for everyone. I definitely grew up on Chappelle. Um, you know, the half baked, all of his movies, but then he kind of disappeared for a while. And now he's really starting to come back full force here, what probably closer to the last decade. And never thought this opportunity would ever be in front of me. So I had to jump on top of it. It was, it was a great time. You know, it's not. You kind of go in there and you have to talk yourself off that ledge of it's not like killing him softly, Chappelle, right? You know, it's a modern day Chappelle. He's a little bit older, so he's still got the raunchiness. He is still funny as hell, chain smoking on there. And potentially a recording for a Netflix special. Oh, get out. When it started, it gave you the Netflix little red red thing. They got the red end popping up, giving us the title of it, kind of a little bit of an intro. So I don't know if that's an indication that... That was the recording that night. Yeah. Or maybe they just take bits and pieces throughout the tour that he's on. But I'm going to be looking for it. He's got the green cutoff. He makes a very specific joke about Indiana uh, because they take your cell phones in there. They put yeah. it in like a little magnet bag like you can't take it. He's like, man, Indiana's scary. I even had to start locking the doors when I saw white people walking around. So I'm like, that itself right there can make it into the special because uh, I feel like depending on the other cities, I think he's in Detroit too. He can get away with that one as well. So um, I don't know. Maybe he gets maybe uh, maybe you'll see me on Netflix here. I didn't even know that like tickets were available for Chappelle. I thought those things sold out within thirty seconds of them going out. And I, so Dude, I never same. even I never even try for shows like that. I'm just like I I'm not gonna bother. Yeah, I missed the boat. Yeah. So I yeah, it was it was a great experience to just be able to see the legend. I got I don't have it, but I didn't get any merch, but they're handing out tote bags, like just little just little tote bags with the Chappelle C on it. So I was like, that's good enough. It can use it for like 
carrying around the dog shit or going to like the beach, the lake, the pool, something. So I always got to wrap up the seat. Probably get some looks nowadays, but I don't <laughs> fucking care. Well, was this at the, I don't know the name of it, but was this at so the this Pacers is at, Arena? Yeah, Bainbridge, I believe is, if I remember it correctly. So yeah, I got to knock out the Pacers Arena. Pro Shop wasn't open, unfortunately. I was definitely trying to get some merch there, but that and Lucas Oil all in one weekend. And a picture with the Peyton Manning statue. I had I had to dad it up real quick. I'm like, Fonz, can, can you take a picture of, of me next to Peyton Manning? Yeah, and then you have to do that. So come on, bud. No, nah, no. Nah. He's like, do you want to do like the uh, like the stance he's doing? It's like I can't do that. I already uh, did that. I already did that at Lambo last year with with uh, Bart Starr and and uh, Vince Lombardi. So no, nah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get that white. That's fair. But hey, I'm happy you had a great time, and we're happy you're home safely too. And know how that is after a long trip. You almost need a vacation from your vacation, and it wasn't even a vacation. You worked, but you get what I'm saying. Now, David, how about you? Anything crazy going on in your world or uh, not too much? Uh, the only thing that's even semi-crazy of the coming weekend is uh, the the dealerships are having their 50th year anniversary party, which is a pretty exciting oh landmark. Oh, Dude, boy. 400 yeah, employees set to show up. It's going to be a good time. Like, oh, how yeah. good of a time? Like, you guys get, like, it's just it's like upper management night. or management. Oh, it's that's a casino crazy. night. It's everyone. It's everyone across all the locations. So and you said what night was this? Saturday. Okay, so this is going to make it a little, thank God the Browns don't play till Monday night is what I'm hearing. Oh, I, I'm not going to get that sauced up, boys. We'll wake up <laughs> just, that, just that in that time. Attitude. We'll wake not up just that in time right, for Steven. some NFL viewing. <laughs> well, we don't really have too many NFL stories, if any NFL stories. I know it's not on here, but I feel like we def- we you know we definitely have to be able to cover this officially. Official after Monday night, we saw everything that happened. Aaron Rodgers is going to be missing the rest of the year of the 2023 NFL season, just after four snaps, fifth five snaps if you include the Achilles injury that he had to deal with. But no longer, well, he is still a Jet. We're not going to see Aaron Rodgers this year. It's already came out. Uh, to reference the Star Wars and Jesus Christ all at once. It's like the, it's always the darkest before the dawn, all rise again. Always has to get the last look on him, but sounds like he's going to already be back for 2024. So, um, damn it, I'm back in hell. But, you know, this year I get to enjoy it at least. He might come back for 2024, but at first he's going to make everyone think he's retiring again. And then at the very last possible second, he will say he's playing. Well, now he's saying he's playing, but then oh, I think so we're going to reverse it. We're going to yeah, reverse it. So now it. I think is he's going to start to because what people aren't, what people really don't understand is this dude, and you know, kind of take whatever he says with like a few milligrams of salt, right? It's he. This dude was ninety percent out the door, ready for retirement before this darkness retreat, before all this drama that he essentially stirred up on his own and wanted to become a jet. He's going to be 40 when that season starts, or at least halfway through that season with an Achilles injury in New York. Are they going to fix the turf? We'll see, because now we're all starting to get traction of it. It's going to be rough. And of course, you know, he's going to end up being back just to torture Green Bay. I see. The only thing that I would say to throw out there that you guys, because obviously you guys are not exactly Aaron Rodgers fans at the moment. But what I would throw out there is even if he wants to come back, an Achilles injury at his age, there's no guarantees. So even if he wants to come back, there's a chance he gets out on the field in, what, seven, eight months, whenever he's allowed to start throwing again, 
And he's like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't the same, and I can't get back to where I was. And that's a big deal for the guys like this. The ego don't let them be average. Yeah, exactly. And this isn't a 26, 27. Hell, this isn't even like a 34-year-old Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. This this dude will be 39 in December. He'll be inching closer to 40. Like, dude, it's bad news. And then you're in New York, and granted, you know, he was in Green Bay's whole career, but the, that, those cold weather places with injuries like that, that's also not going to feel good. No, absolutely not. It's going to be rough, but I feel like I'm. I, it's going to make me turn a new leaf on Aaron Rodgers next year, and I'm going to be full in. So I'm, I hate it. I can already feel it. It's like, okay, you know what, whatever. I'll take a second-round pick knowing that you're not going to go straight there and win, right? So maybe they mess up. I don't know. Maybe they do a lot of – there's there's so much time. That's a nine months. The the emotional – just the a lot, a lot of the emotions he's going through at that time, right, or anyone injured, like it's so easy to say, yeah, I'll be back. But that's a long – it's a long road for a 40-year-old. It is. And we'll see if it happens. I hope it does. I really do want to watch him – in New York, they have a team where you at least feel yeah, like if you unit. got prime Rodgers, they could compete. <laughs> Zach Wilson right back into it. Uh, we have the week two previews and picks. What the hell's going on out here? The boys have their homework assignments here for this week. So we're going to break it down, go through, break down to these games, what some of us are picking, what our five bets are for the week, and maybe talking each other off the ledge of some other side bets we want to take personally. But Wally, before we get in, what are the numbers we're crunching this week? Yeah, just all the five games so far. I mentioned on Monday, but I'm three and two. I'm a little north of one unit, where Steven and David are both four and one, right at about three units. So it's early, but they're neck and neck in the lead at the moment. So your boy Wally's got to come back. We're all green. All green. All green. All green, no breaks. Exactly. The first game that we're going to have on here, uh, no one's going to be responsible for. We just get to sit and enjoy it because we can't get the content out in time. The Minnesota Vikings are going up to the link where the Philadelphia Eagles are six and a half point favorites. That total set at 48 and a half. Minnesota, prime time. You already know we're going to be talking about Kirk Cousins 11 and 18 all time here. But what about the smorgasbord of Eagles players that are not going to be playing in this game? I'll let Wally kind of get to that here a little bit, but six and a half after what, you know, the head scratcher we saw, you know, Philly deal with in New England last week, (laughs) it's Minnesota. Uh, What are some, what are we going for in this game here, boys? You mentioned the Eagles are banged up. I'll just give you the names that you asked for. James Bradbury, Reed Blankenship, Kenneth Gainwell, all those starters are out for sure. And it sounds like Fletcher Cox is very likely out himself tonight, too. Officially a go. Mike Garofolo just dropped it about 15 minutes ago. Perfect. So, yeah, it, he's out as well. So, there, I, I feel like there's a little bit more room for a close game than people are expecting. Everybody, It's fresh in everybody's mind what happened last year. It might have been week two in Thursday Night Football. But the Vikings got their ass kicked by Philadelphia. But we'll, we'll see. I, I'm at this point. I think it's got a little bit more of a weird feel. And I think it's going to be a one-possession game. A lot of people, like us included, on that first reaction to Sunday, Jordan Addison, it was like he played a good game. When you look back at the film, you look back at the grades, he had an unreal first game, and it Kirk kind of just had the worst outing of his Viking career. So if they're right back at it tonight, the Eagles are missing two starters in the secondary. It could be a close game. Even if this was Sunday... I wouldn't touch this spread. I 
Look, you mentioned it. The Eagles slaughtered this team by 30 last year. The Vikings got worse. I don't really care who's not playing for the Eagles, uh, sub maybe two players. Uh, they might not beat them by 20, but they're going to win. Um, and I think we're all just forgetting that even though Kirk Cousins came off a bad game last week, it's prime time. And if there's one thing that you can bet on in prime time is Kirk Cousins turning the ball over or playing poorly. So it's an easy Eagles win for me. You know, you might be right. It might not happen by by seven, but this Eagles team is loaded. It always has been. I, I just, I, if I had to bet on it, I'd bet on the spread and the money line. It's not my pick this week, but they're for sure going to win. The, if, so I just have personal bets in here because it's Thursday night. want to wet the whistle here for the week and kind of set it up. couple of no sweat bets, couple like a profit boost. I got a TJ Hawkinson profit boost to like up to 430 for a touchdown. Like, yeah, I think that's going to happen. This is someone who didn't really put up crazy numbers last week. So you always want to skew to that. If you're looking at the numbers of how Kirk likes to pass in the middle of the field, they're, I think it's like somewhere in 75%, like on first down, you're like targeting that. With the secondary out, makes you question, but I don't care because the only way I see Minnesota staying in this game are those long balls or are those freak plays that, you know, end up going 60 yards. They might need a couple of those because their offensive line – it's not established enough to be able to face that front seven and what Philadelphia is putting out, even if a Nicobe Dean is going to be out long haul, right? I'm not really too worried about that because Fletcher Cox is in. Jalen Carter's numbers last week were just astonishing. Also, oh, also threw a little tenor on him, plus 114 at over a quarter of a sack. Yeah, give me that. I think he'll get it within the first half. If I'm betting on this, I am more than comfortable having Philadelphia cover this with a touchdown. So like I said, Minnesota's going to have to put up points further away. But they're, they're, I don't think they're going to get in field goal range. They're not going to move the ball that strategic. They're going to need chunk plays to be able to get there. And you just can't be settling for field goals against this Philadelphia Eagles team. Last thing I'd say is with Fletcher Cox out, Jordan Davis, that's a person to at least pay attention to because, yeah, Jalen so Carter. They're so loaded right there. It's they're wild. so loaded. They can just interchange. Guys like Jalen Carter and, I mean, Jordan Davis. That's going to be so much fun to watch at least – to get a gauge on these guys. So that was my last little note for you. My first homework assignment of the week, of course, this is always going to be delegated to me, but my Green Bay Packers are heading down to Atlanta to play the Dirty Birds, where this line has moved a lot here today. Um, started in the morning here at Green Bay minus one, where it's now flipped to Atlanta minus one and a half. Uh, have we seen anything out? I know Aaron Jones is missing some time in hamstrings. Christian Watson, stop me if that sounds familiar, missing some time here, but this is a lot to unpack. Jordan Love is looking to follow up his performance from Sunday. Now going to his starting starting back-to-back games on the road to start your Packers career, that's pretty rough. Green Bay's rush defense has been abysmal for over, over the past decade. So only, you know, still allowing 112 yards last week. I think most of that was in garbage time. Now it's a real try. Uh, real test of what this defense can do because we know what Atlanta's going to be able to put up in that rush game with that two to three headed running monster they have between Scordell Bijan and Tyler Algier. Atlanta's defense was able to force some turnovers here, three against a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young last week. So Jordan Love's going to have a little bit tougher of a battle than he did against Chicago. I like it a lot. Give me Green Bay money line at that plus 100 now. Might be moving up here a little bit. This might be moving down to a pick by the time this comes around Sunday, depending on what these injuries are looking like. 
but I don't have enough confidence. I have more confidence in Green Bay's offense than I do in Atlanta's offense, at least in the passing game, which I never thought I'd say throughout this whole year. And I'm already saying it in week two. And that's where I'm getting that's where my confidence is coming from. Give me my boys down in Atlanta to start two and oh. This is gonna be a fun game. I'm seriously intrigued just because you know Arthur Smith's gonna play bully ball. And last week I was stunned to actually go back and look. 48 snaps for the Atlanta offense. And over 70% of them ended up in either Bijan Robinson or Tyler Algiers hands. It's like you said, we're going to just figure out a lot about both of these teams this weekend. And if the Packers can stop the run, they're going to win this game going away. This is one of my bets for the week. Uh, Packers plus one and a half. I don't, I don't believe in Ritter. I, I don't believe in Atlanta right now. There's nothing there that makes me excited. So based on how they played last week, I, I'm easily taking Green Bay with plus one and a half here. I did forget to mention that this is also my my first play of the week here. Look at me and David going back to back here. Quick rubbing little shoulder shoot. I feel, it feels good, man. Get our get our back here rubbing here together. And make sure it doesn't get tangled. <laughs> Wally, I was just say, be careful. You guys are literally going to get tangled. You will never get separated. You'll be like conjoined twins. I'll be hot like stuck on you. Uh, oh, there you go. Matt Damon. Uh, who's the other guy? Greg Kinnear. Yeah. It might have been. Yeah, but banger. you just mentioned the the Green Bay Packers. With 1-0, who did they beat the shit out of last week but the Chicago Bears? And the Bears are going to Tampa where Baker Mayfield's Buccaneers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I, it's, I had to get that out there. Baker Mayfield is a favorite this week. We're up, back. Get your weight up, little boy. That's, All time. Dude, Baker is back, baby. Baker is back. <laughs> dude, it wasn't even that crazy of a stiff arm. Like, he stiff armed and the guy came back and still tackled him, but whatever. But it he gets the people going. Him. <laughs> it does get the people going. I'll give you that. So all the talk this week has really been about the film study of the Bears and how nobody can actually understand what Luke Getze and the Bears are actually trying to do. <laughs> and when you have multiple analysts going around being like, I, I don't even know what the like the objective of this play is. It gives you a little warning signs about what is to come. But as for the Buccaneers, we talked about Baker. We gave him a little hard time there about the stiff arm, but he started 3 of 11 last week for 12 yards. And after that, went 18 of 23, 161, and two touchdowns. His own teammate this week said he went into halftime and he told the players the Viking signals for what they were changing on defense. And the stats kind of back it up. It made me wonder... About the Vikings, too. We'll find out tonight if they're a very predictable defense. But more or less, let's throw it over to you guys first. Do either of you have any thoughts before, I mean, we get into the quarterback battle of the millennia? Dude, this this is rough because I have – what is stopping this Tampa Bay team from starting 2-0 right now? Because it's not the defense or that product that Eberflus and, those, and the Chicago Bears are putting out there. And we know damn well it's not going to be that offense that Luke Getzey's rolling out there each week. Maybe they – hopefully they – uh, fix their their pass blocking schemes or actually, I don't know, do like pass blocking when you're passing the ball and not when it's supposed to be like a design RPO. If you're if you're referencing the Baldy one, Is that good? Brian Baldinger just grilling him. I could not get enough of that this week, but it's <laughs> dude, it's so interesting. Um I really gotta look at this, but how I I want to take Chicago plus two and a half. There's no way because how is this not a must win a game for Chicago on the borderline? I think there's it a, feels like it already. I think there's a couple of them on there, but let's let's be real. If Detroit wins, if Green Bay ends up winning, 
Maybe Minnesota squeaks it out. And you're 0-2. There's no confidence in there and in, in that organization right now. Uh, but honestly, if I would be pet, if I would be betting money, I'd be taking at least Tampa Bay's money line on this because I I can see it being a one-two point game. But I don't want to give Chicago that pleasure of them covering. I I can I definitely think Tampa's going to win this game. I wouldn't bet on it, but I. I at what point Chicago feels like the new Cleveland, like all of their coaching hires are, are atrocious. You know, they can't get their, their front office and their, their coaching, right. And they're going to destroy a quarterback, a young quarterback, uh, in the process of trying to get it right. And I just don't, who at least had promise. I like, I, I, you know, believed in Justin Fields taking a step forward this year. Like I said it, what, yeah. six podcasts ago when we did the, the North, but um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, man. I, I you kind of like you mentioned, you watch, you go back, you watch the film, you see all the mistakes, you see the confusion. And it's like, we're, it's like we're right back to square one with Justin Fields. It's we're we're not helping him. He looks terrible and therefore the team's terrible. And the team actually has some potential this year to win seven or eight games and take a step forward. And it seems like they're not going to now. So if I had, if I was forced to bet on this game, I'd still take Tampa Bay money line. Like you said, Steve, I just, you know, that's, it just feels like a safe bet because I don't, I I don't like either of these teams confidently enough, but it just feels like Chicago isn't going to get their shit together quickly enough. And Tampa Bay is a safe win here. Can't believe Ryan Pohl spent how many hours? Eighty hours there to sleep in his office to put that team out there on last Sunday. I mean, that's wild. The, that that backfires hard. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, you're sleeping in your office to do shit work. All right, aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> like, hey, whatever. It's just, it's crazy though because if they do fall to zero and two, the season's over. And I would be out there to say that they feel as first picky again as somebody that just had it as you can get. They're so disorganized you, right now. We need to at what least do you do, as long as Carolina keeps losing, that's let's, all they care about. Let's play out that first picky scenario, though. Let's say they they are in the the top three picks, right? What do you do? Like, sure. do you pick a quarterback, Caleb Williams. Okay, no, this year's it for Justin Fields. Justin Fields has to make a like not just a leap. It's got to be a sizable leap. They passed Enough up to on keep the number Ibra one pick. head coach, essentially. Like, Can I interest you yes. in Justin Fields going to Atlanta? Oh. I mean, oh. they they do. I think they're already like, we already have our mobile quarterback that we're upset with. We don't need to do this again. We'll take Caleb Williams. <laughs> so I doubt that would happen. I mean, the, the only thing that you can say in this game, though, that'd be fun is that you have two quarterbacks whose reputations are as low as they've ever been. Backs. This is the kind of chance where you kind of have to win this game to get yourself back on track. And I think that goes for both teams. It feels like a game you have to win. Yeah, and it's if Baker outperforms Justin Fields, then I think it proves that he can be at least like a – he could play in the NFL, back up his worst. If Justin loses to Baker and gets outperformed, it's like, dude, you're done. You're done. It's just like Luke gets he's Matt Canada of the NFC. I'm just tired of it. David, I'll keep it with you here because you're what first homework assignment here. We got the Seattle Seahawks going over to Ford Field where the Detroit Lions open or have their season opener, home opener 
as four and a half point favorites and the total set at 47 and a half. God, the Motor City Kitties back at it. Where are we, how are we feeling on this game, boys? I, look, Seahawks are down, I think, officially both tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's, that's tough. Oh, they signed Jason Peters. It's cool. Yeah, but he signed to the practice squad <laughs> until he gets up oh, to speed. Yeah. So they're down both tackles this week. I don't – that's a worst-case scenario for an offensive line And I by think far. both of the replacements yeah, are Yeah, that's a worst-case scenario. sack season, two-sack day. Uh-oh, I'm need to, I need to write that one down. It might be. I, I, he was playing well in week one, so I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get two. That might be a great bet. Uh, lock it in, Steve. But I just – the Lions – the only news for me to report this week is is CJ Carter Johnson doing the cheesiest shit in the world, and nah, and it's the cheesiest this shit is in hard the world. As fuck. No, it's the cheesiest shit in the world, and I I love the let's get the fans to wear something that matches you know the the ski mask if you want the blue ski mask, but then to call the Lions fan base the most the what do you call it the most ruthless in the NFL. Yeah. Look, I love the Lions. I, I like last year, this year, love the Lions. That fan base is not even in my top 20 of like ruckus fan bases in the NFL. Like, you don't. In their defense, they really haven't had a reason to right. cheer. They are. You want to you wanna sell me on jagged, depressed, and sad? Absolutely. I feel that for Detroit. They are not ruthless. But regardless. Motor City Kitties, without a shadow of a doubt, with the tackles out in Seattle. I thought this was going to be a good game, like a surprisingly good game. And then you see the tackles are out, and you're like, eh, actually, this is going to be a... Explains a lot about the Rams yeah, game, too, it's, actually. Yeah, it's, this is going to be bad. So, what do you guys think? It's, it's, I mean, coming off that game, they had 10 days of rest. Uh, you're going back into Detroit to open it up against Seattle. Now, we all know what... Pete Carroll actually has a really good East Coast record, especially for 1 o'clock games, and those are typically, what, 11 a.m. Pacific. He has his teams always playing ready, but you're going to be down tackles uh, against that you know, that front being led by Aiden Hutchinson. I can't, have, I can't have too much, and how this line is only at 4.5 is beyond me. I feel like these games are always competitive between Seattle and Detroit, but based off the offense of, you know, or what Seattle put out on offense last week, I'm not really feeling too confident. I like Detroit's offense against that defense at home. The blue ski mask, ready to get savage. That's actually pretty dangerous to have that in Detroit, but I guess we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I'm not even kidding. I'm so glad you you said that as a joke because I was sitting there earlier. I don't care what city you're in. If you're encouraging 60,000 people in ski mask to congregate together, you are inviting crime. You'd be fighting me. I'm glad somebody said like it. You are, it's, it's just common sense. You are inv- it doesn't matter where yeah. you're at. I know that there's going to be like Detroit jokes out there. That's all they got to win. They can't afford to lose. I'm not even talking about if they win or lose. It's just like a matter of like you are going to have people that aren't going to the game say, wow, this is an excuse for us to wear a ski mask where we're not going to get caught in do crimes or whatever we're going to do down there. There's a lot of cars, a lot of things. I'm just saying it's something with where you're inviting that. I don't know. feels like a, a little felt weird to me when I heard it. Well, we'll keep it here with you, buddy. You got the next homework assignment. We got your, well, I got, I'm betting this game. Oh, excuse me. Lions. I'm sorry. We didn't get you in there. Sorry. That's what that, that was the only thing I had to say first. Cause you brought up the ski mask, but 
Detroit minus four and a half. It's a huge opportunity for Detroit. You and I and David have all had teams with massive expectations, and you know how bad it is when you don't hit the ground running because those expectations get mighty heavy. So Detroit, with the opportunity to go 2-0, it could be huge. The only problem is this edge rusher, and Aiden Hutchinson, is the only one on this defense. So this is a good opportunity for them to get their feet wet, too. And even with Puka Nakua eating last week, it's home cooking. It's home cooking in Motown. Lions are going to win, and the roof's going to pop off of Ford Field. But it is my team. It is my Raiders. They are going to Buffalo, where the Bills are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Let's start with the the road team here, because the home team is juicy. The, The Raiders come in. Tyree Wilson's kind of in the talk of Raiders Twitter as a disappointment. Team put him in a bad spot, and unfortunately, Chandler Jones is still not coming to practice for personal reasons. It seems like a disaster any way you look Future at Cleveland it. Future Cleveland Brown, Chandler Jones, and, just saying. I mean, good <laughs> luck. Uh, the Bills. Yeah, you guys got Planet Fitness out there? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but the Bills had an all-time bad week. All-time. You lose to Zach Wilson on Monday Night Football Again. after a vintage time, Josh Allen game. Two years second ago, time right. since November. Second time in 10 months you lose to uh, Zach Wilson. Hot Mike caught a local Bills reporter shitting on Stefan Diggs' character. And then the last but certainly not least, the former NFL Network reporter Jim Trotter filed a discrimination lawsuit in which Bills owner Terry Pagula, who's also the owner of the Buffalo Sabres, said unhappy black players should go back to Africa and see how bad it really is. Jeez. What a week for Buffalo. And that's just going to... Put me, it makes me as a Raider fan think, if you ever want me to buy into this Raiders team, this is when you have to win a big game like this. The Bills kind of feel in disarray. Go beat this emotionally disturbed team and put together a, a clean game. Get your tight ends involved for a change. Josh Jacobs, shake off the rust. And please get after Josh Allen. Make him play smart. Make him get back to Josh Allen. And, I mean, I think it will be competitive, but ultimately the Bills are going to win, guys. So, that's all I have here. Go Raiders. Hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I I feel bad for your Raiders going in. They're just walking into their own death, in my opinion, here. we I feel like Buffalo, we've, we've already talked about this. They always have that Josh Allen game, which seems like they already got it knocked out. Those games following, they, they're usually blowing some people out. And at the end of the day, a majority of, the, of these teams – or these games that they're playing, they're winning by double digits. I think that they were like on a hot streak last year where they were just every game, double digits um, for like eight straight or whatever it may be. So just watch out for this team. We know um, what Russell Wilson really isn't being able to do out there in the with a bad pass rush on half the side uh, in Vegas last week. Russ was still under pressure, still not able to get the ball off. Um, I don't think that <laughs> Buffalo should be – Having that big of a problem against this Raiders defense, I think that Josh Allen should be able to torch the secondary, but it's early in the NFL. We don't know what it's going to look like, and don't be too surprised. It is early in the season. Oh, Wally, I feel so bad for you and Tyree Wilson, man, after watching the tape. like That was so bad. Yeah, it's not that, great. That was so bad. It's not great. That is scary. Uh, I don't know if it's it's a combination of Matt Cros- Max Crosby being so good and – him being so bad or 
It makes him look yeah, so much like, worse. It does. I don't know what that's about, but I feel bad because that feels like a very, very large problem that we're we're gonna have to really start hit, hitting into later in the season. But I, I have this is my my second bet of the week. Buffalo money line here, right? Not confident in nine point advantage. However, I, the Josh Allen game over week one. I mean, feels like Super Bowl favorites now. And if it happens again in week two, <laughs> then I've got serious concerns for Buffalo. Especially against this defense. Yeah. Yeah, I just – I if if they don't come out firing on all cylinders, I'll have some concerns about Buffalo. But right now it just kind of feels like, hey, we got the Josh Allen game out of the way. Are we – we seen an MVP season from Josh Allen going forward, or are we? Do we have like legitimate, serious concerns without Brian Dable there uh, about Josh Allen? The only like, if you took Buffalo money line, the only thing I'd push back on for you is that the Raiders are either going to win this game or the Bills are going to win by 154. No, I agree. There's like no in the middle. Hear me out. Raiders lose by two off of a Carlson missed field goal, and I lose fantasy because of that, because that's how my life works. Well, I mean, that that would officially break me. If the only player that I've been able to count on is going to let me down, then that's I'm fine. I'm just trying I to give I you a worst-case scenario before we roll into the game. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm over it. Well, David, we'll keep it here with you. You still have this next game here. We got the L.A. Chargers, three-and-a-half-point favorites, traveling to Nashville to go visit the Tennessee Titans, and the total set at 45-and-a-half. Austin Eckler missing some practice this week. Joey Bosa, Eric Hendricks both having hamstring issues. Man, Joey Bosa hurt. What the hell? That sounds new. Tennessee, I think, was a shocker a little bit last week. I don't think people are expecting them to keep it as competitive in that game. Uh, maybe that's more or less of people being higher on New Orleans, but this matchup always seems to be fun. It's Mike Vrabel against a high-powered offense, and this – and we know the Chargers' trends, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, or other, or vice versa. So, David, your homework assignment of the week, what are some of the takeaways you're looking into this game for? Look, you can we can talk about Eckler, Bosa, Kendricks missing practice. They'll all play. It doesn't matter. Every It's like Julio Jones. You don't practice during the week. You play on Sunday. I... You know, you can hit me with the Chargers giving up 200 yards of Tyreek Hill. I don't know if you guys looked at the route tree of Tyreek Hill and the constant motions he was in on every play. There is nobody in the league that can guard Tyreek Hill <laughs> this year if they're going to do that shit every game. So I'm not worried about the Chargers. Uh, as far as the Titans go, I don't I don't know how this game is only, is only a three-point spread after you watched Tannehill shit the bed last week. Uh three interceptions. I just, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, if I were betting on this, I'm not betting on this game, but if I were betting on this game, I'm it's chargers as three point favorites, hammer that all the way. I just, I, I don't see a way in which the chargers lose this game. Both teams had pop going into the year for different ways where it was a mix where you either had doubt because it's the chargers or they're going to win the super bowl. Titans are finally dead. Well, Mike Vrabel, if either way, one of these teams is going to go 0-2. And then all of a sudden, you've got a team in a whole lot of trouble. I hope the Titans win, but they, you guys love to talk about Vrabel. This is a coach bet. 
If you're going to bet a game because of a coach, yes. you take the Titans in this game. Yeah, without without loaded that defense is, Brandon Staley still consistently cannot get that defense to gel and work together. It is wild. There's even videos. I mean, there's just videos galore of week one uh, mishaps and everyone kind of just fucking up a little bit. But, I mean, Khalil Mack, they had Khalil Mack on Tyreek Hill at one point in that game. And he was like, uh-uh, no, get someone else out here. Why am I on it? That's the first play of the game. How pathetic is that? Like, come on. So, Brent, again, I've been... I've been preaching all year. I love the Chargers. They're just not going to get it done because I'm not a Brandon. Uh, I'm not a Brandon Staley believer. This is going to be his last year, even if if he even makes it throughout the year. Um, I'm not touching this game. I think if I had a hook, if it was like a three and a half, I'd I'd be all over it with Tennessee. But I don't see it being another field goal game like it was against New Orleans last week. The next one, my Indianapolis Colts, as you can tell, uh, are going down to Houston, where the Houston Texans are a point and a half favorite and the total set at 39 and a half. This Colts team, at least the Indianapolis Colts, haven't lost in Houston since 2016. Anthony Richardson coming off the best performance of a rookie last year. And now he gets to go head to head against another rookie in CJ Stroud. He went 28 to 44 with, with 244. Four carries for 20 yards. Nice CJ Stroud. Uh, so not a, not a bad performance, but AR5, 223 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Also putting on 10 carries with 40 yards and a touchdown in the rushing game. So no big deal. Got to see both those live. Uh, yeah, just his first passing and rushing touchdown. But no, I, I guess I'm an Anthony, Richard, uh, Anthony Richardson's truther this year. But no, I love this. I don't, I'm not really too impressed with what I saw in Houston last week, obviously. I don't think there's too many positive takeaways. And that's going to be kind of the trend this year um, with this team. But the way C.J. Stroud looked, I'm going to put a little bit more confidence, maybe because I saw him live in the Indianapolis Colts defense than I am in the Houston defense right now. Um, I think that's just how that this is going to be skewed. I don't really like this point spread at all. I think that either either team can win by a field goal because you know how I am with these divisional games. Give me the Indianapolis Colts. Give me their money line on that if I'm if I'm betting, which I'm not. But I got to talk about my boy AR5, and I'm, and I'm staying confident in them. What, Steven, you got to give me the stats here. What, you know, we did it week one. What, when was the last time Indy won at Houston or how many times have they won? 2016. Haven't lost one since 2016 in Houston. All right. So I missed that originally, but I. It's rough. Mm, I'm going to, I'm going to take a hot take here. I'd take Houston money line if I had to bet. I'm not oh, betting on oh, I like game. that. Is that plus one twenty or something? Probably. I just there's there's no way these streaks can continue. I'm gonna keep betting against them until something breaks. Likely my brain, but I just got like that's a that's a stupid streak that's gotta break this year. I don't know why, but it feels right. Not as dumb as the one of Colts can't cannot win in uh, Jacksonville. It's something about the rookie quarterback stuff that always scares me off those because I'm like they're gonna be the one that change it. They're the different one. So. I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to watch the matchup with these two. And as long as they don't tie week one like they did last year, we're at least going to get one of these two their first ever win. That'd be, That'd be pain. pain is right. <laughs> but let's hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, let's really hope. Wally, you got the next one, bud. What game we were working with? We got the Ravens and the Bengals, where the Bengals are three-point favorites, even after that disastrous game in Cleveland last week. But this is why. The Ravens are back to 2021 form where they have a ton of injuries. 
They will be coming in this time, though, luckily, with their other Pro Bowl quarterback, Lamar Jackson. But they do have, uh, as of today, five starters that are going to miss practice. Marlon Humphrey with the foot. Tyler Lindenbaum with an ankle, Ronnie Stanley with the knee, Marcus Williams with the peck, and that also uh, doesn't matter that J.K. Dobbins is done for the year with his own torn Achilles. And the Bengals, if you're trying to find any kind of positive out of last week, and there weren't many, it's that they came away healthy. Outside of Cam Sample, they have no injuries. They are completely healthy right now, which is absurd. You never even see injury reports this time of year with one name on it. So that's probably what you're looking for. Uh, this is not a game I'd bet, but it feels like the Bengals, David, doesn't it? Oh, I'm taking Cincinnati money line. That's my what third bet of the week. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I am not a believer in Baltimore. They're hurt again, as you said. I'm the way Lamar played last week with his new offensive coordinator that was supposed to make it all better. Then uh, uh, what's his face had it uh, the previous regime. I'm I don't know. I just I'm not a believer in Baltimore until they show me something different because Lamar looked not great. And usually the games he looks not great are games where he has like stellar running statistics, right? Like where he's at least made plays on the ground. I just not a believer this year. I'd take Bengals big bounce back, and I, I would actually take them. In a big win, I'm limited to five bets, so I can't take the the spread and the money line. So I'm just going to take the money line here because I know that's for sure a guarantee in my mind. No, I, I mean I like that a lot. I totally agree. This isn't one of my bets, but if it was, I'd be I'd be more okay with laying the three points and the money line on here as like a twofer because yeah, Cincinnati needs to get their season going. I don't. There's arguably Justin Fields put up a better stat line than Lamar Jackson did last week. I only said that because I just saw a comparison like two hours ago, and it was actually kind of mind-boggling when you look at it. But, yeah, it's it's a rough start with these new OCs, it seems like, uh, in, in those respective cities. But I just – I already am not a believer in Baltimore. You're adding these injuries, two of which are going to be a center and a tackle. The other two are going to be in your secondary. And Mark Andrews was still limited in practice this past week. We know that he already missed game one. So, yeah, there there's just a lot of – not moving pieces. I guess that's going in Baltimore because of these injuries, and I just zero faith at all. And, well, and it's just one of those games, though, that scares me because last year we saw the Bengals lose week two to Cooper Rush and a very good Dallas defense. It's I just think it's going to be ugly football, sneakily a very ugly game from two teams that when they play again, I think it'll look much more sharp. Before we get to the next game, we do want you to know that these week two predictions are brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop sharp marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's a wedding, engagement parties, baby pictures, college graduation, you name it. Every weekend there's something happening. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check it out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. On our Instagram, saw Dad and Sapphire again, abbyturnerphoto.com. The next game on the board is, yeah, boy, the Kansas City Chiefs. Three and a half point favorites headed down to Duval. The total set at 51 and a half, dude. I'm just, this is a rematch of the divisional uh, matchup here that we had last year, uh, except this time it's in Duval instead of Arrowhead. Dude, Casey's coming off this home loss. I, I love Jacksonville in this. Give me Jacksonville plus three. This is going to be my second bet of the week 
Jacksonville is looking good. They're moving that ball down the field. Calvin Ridley is just looking like a stud. And like I said here on Monday, they're not scared uh, to show you that he is going to be the number one guy they go through. And you know what? Take him away. We still got Christian Kirk. We still have Evan Ingram. I'm not really too worried. Uh, we still have Tank Bigsby, even though we had a weird fumble uh, last week. And we also have Travis Etienne, who put the game last week. They have players on this team. And even with Chris Jones back, maybe he's on the snap count because he is fresh off here. Travis Kelsey even potentially coming back, which he is trending towards. I still like Duvall to at least cover because I can see this being a two to three point game and the hook saving my ass, but just a little bit of a revenge. And it just seems so right that Kansas City would start 0-2 and then, you know, just rip off probably like 12 in a row after this. I'm hoping for the 0-2 start just because it does feel like there's more chief question marks this time of year than we're used to. Kelsey Healthies, Chris Jones in game shape. Will anybody ever step up at wide receiver? I think they'll win, but I, I am staying clear because 0-2 does feel possible for the reasons you said, that they could just go 11 straight after this. For the record, by the way, I had Cincy minus three last game, forgot to mention. I believe in Jacksonville. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to be a playoff team. However, I will continue my streak of not betting against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I don't care if they're playing at Jacksonville. I, I'll i take the Chiefs. Not Not my official bet of the week, but I will take the Chiefs minus three and a half and money line personally i i just won't i won't bet against them especially after a loss to detroit last week i think they're gonna bounce back and i think they're gonna give it to jacksonville i'm still up here the san francisco 49ers heading down to levi stadium south is that what it's called right SoFi, whatever it may well be. be yeah where they are seven and a half point favorites against the los angeles rams that total set at 45 and a half remember this 49ers team they have beaten the Rams in eight of the past nine times. Sean McVay has not beaten this team since he beat them in the NFC Championship game. So, oh, what overall, it's a 3-11, 3-10 against Sean, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay is. But I see, I just see that same thing happening. Just San Fran is hot. They just steamrolled Pittsburgh on the East Coast. Now, now they're going to come down to L.A. and kind of break that party up. Every matchup just looks better. Puka Nakua is not going to ball like he did last week. Cooper Cup is still going to be out. Maybe Van Jefferson can rip a couple things off, but I just I don't believe in their backfield. Um, their O line is still going to have question marks for me, and just San Fran is just firing on all cylinders an hour into the NFL season already. So I think this is a no brainer. Um, if I was betting on this, maybe LA if this keeps creeping up a little bit over that touchdown mark, because even now it's intriguing because a touchdown is a lot of points. Because at the end of the day. The Rams did put up 30 against the Seahawks, who were arguably the funnest team in that division last year, even though San Fran rips them off with quarterback play towards the end of the year. But, man. It's a division matchup, too, so more reason to go with you, Steven. And that's why I'm not betting for what you just said. But I have a couple fun facts for you. Okay. These times, I, when I was looking at the, the 8 out of 9 thing, I was trying to do it. These two teams actually played each other four times in the calendar year of 2022 which is wild to me. I've never heard that before. And then another fun fact, I think even more fun, this is the first game in NFL history where one of the starting quarterbacks is a former number one overall pick and the other is Mr. Irrelevant. That's sick. That is sweet. I do Good job, Wally. Accidentally found that too. That was like an hour ago. I was like, oh shit, I got to throw that in there. Need it. I, 
if I was betting on this game, it'd be for sure San Francisco money line. I the Rams surprised me last week, so I'm not. I wouldn't take that spread. I don't think it'll be close, but I I just I I don't feel confident betting it. Uh, but for sure, 49ers taking this. David is no, up next. Here. I don't. I don't. I I don't want to talk about it because unfortunately, the people will now be hyped up for the greatest, the most historic. Seven to three victory in the history of the NFL with the Giants as five and a half point favorites uh, at Arizona. I don't want to talk about it. Pass. Trash game. Hard pass. Hard pass. The, hard, the hardest pass. It's like Cam Newton 10 yard slant hard pass. Butt That's no, it's butt fumble. Butt fumble hard pass. If the Giants win in the middle of the woods and no one's around, did they actually win? Wally's got it up next is the New York Jets are heading down to Jerry World where the Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites. Total set at 38 and a half, which is ugly as hell. Wally, take it away. The Jets are flying high, guys, right? 1-0. They beat the Bills on Monday Night Football just like we all expected. They're on the top of the world going into week two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the Aaron Rodgers thing. That's correct. So Zach Wilson starting. And last week, we saw him on primetime, probably in the best form we've ever seen from him, 14-21 on dump-offs left and right for a touchdown and a pick. And that touchdown we all saw, Garrett Wilson basically had to reach his arm through the defender to grab the ball. The Cowboys, on the other hand, beat up on the other New York team 40 to nothing. They turned the Giants over three times. They sacked Daniel Jones seven times. Two defensive scores almost shutting out the Giants and holding them to 171 yards. It's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. While both teams are 1-0, the complexion of the Jets season feels so much different now than it did even seven days ago. I, it's just a lot to ask Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall to save, say, save my bacon this year uh, if you're Robert Saul. I guess he wouldn't say that, I guess. It, I just, oh, I just, it on, just hit me. Got it. I, I heard it. Christ. I heard it. But this is a bet, though, because I'm the rat, and I'm taking the cheese, boys. I'm taking the Vegas cheese. Dallas minus nine and a half. Zach Wilson's going to be seeing the Sam Darnold ghost in this game. Stay, I'm staying the hell away from this game. I I just like New York Jets def, uh, defense too much, and we haven't seen, and I'm still relying on my memories from last year of what this Dallas offense looks like because we barely really got to see him last year or last week because they were just throttling them on every single aspect of, of football here in all three departments. So Dak is going to throw an interception here. Let's put an asterisk next to that one, maybe sprinkle a little bit on here because I like what this Jets defense can do. If they want to stay in this game and especially cover the spread, there's going to be a defensive touchdown here. Um, but we all know after those high energy wins, how teams typically like to roll out the next week and it's never really too good. I was kind of on your side, Stephen, but I know. Then I then you start looking at it, and you're like, the Jets' O line is worse than the Giants, and they sacked Daniel Jones seven times. Zach Wilson is atrocious compared to Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones had maybe the worst game of a quarterback since Nathan Peterman uh, threw seven interceptions at Buffalo. But I. I oh I, I was gonna avoid this game and I still am, but if I was betting it, I'd bet with Wally. I think this is gonna be ten plus points. I think Dallas is gonna win this. I think the Jets are 
going to go into, you know, emergency quarterback mode and sign somebody like Nick Foles or Carson Wentz. Trade or, for Davis no, Mills. If the Titans lose, they might try and trade for Tannehill. That might be a, a season salvation considering Tannehill's in the last year of his contract. The Titans go 0-2. They might move to – God, I hope they don't, but they might move to Malik Willis or uh, what's-his-face. Will Levis, like, Will baby. Levis. You know, they might see what they got if Tannehill plays poorly. And I don't know. All the stars could align for a lot of teams if certain things go certain ways. Chasing the cheese. You make me sick, Wally. Take us to your favorite team in the history of the AFC West. Oh, I'm so excited to once again talk about the wonderful Denver Broncos who, back in mile high, chance to go 0-2 at home. It's something that we only dream of in Denver. Chase Young's probably not going to play again. Starting to really worry about him. But the team still had 11 tackles for loss last week as a team and six from the D-line without Chase Young. So you have confidence in a D going in. But then you go to the Broncos side where Greg Dolich is out. He's expected to miss multiple weeks. And then, did you guys see, Did before we answer again, did you guys see Russell Wilson's picture with the eye black for the year? No, I wouldn't say. He, people were arguing online. They're like, is he the first player in all time to get his like normal photo for like ESPN and stuff with eye black on? And the fact that I don't care if it's true or not, but the fact that I feel like it's very easily believable is so Russell Wilson. And I just like, I'm riding that energy, boys. I, I think I'm going with the under. I'm betting hard on the under. And I think it's going to be hilariously ugly in this game. But this the reason I like the under here, before the show, you and I, were we were talking about how sometimes really bad teams score a lot of points in games when they're really ugly. This is two good defenses playing two bad offenses. That worries me a little, especially when you have Emmanuel Forbes on one side, NCAA leader all time of pick sixes. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys uh, have some weird feelings about this game, but under all day. Give me a low score, an ugly, beautiful I'll game. You, I'll give you weird like feelings. Like a 17-16 game. Oh, Ugh, Denver had a gross. lot of those last year. I Look, I'll give you weird feelings. This game makes me want to vomit. And I don't know why we got so many of these ugly ass games early on this year, but uh, I just I'm staying far away from this one. Well, at least uh, at least all the ugly ass Denver games aren't on prime time like they were all last year. So True. all right, now we get Zach Wilson five times on True. prime time again. <laughs> this first time we're ever going to see five prime time games get flexed out so quick. Uh, you know what? For a psycho bet, I was going to take Washington money line. Give me Washington plus three and a half. I just, I can't, this is, it would just seem too perfect for them to start. Oh, and two, this stop me for me, or it sounds like my explanation from last week, but just for them to start. Oh, and two have the roof start falling a little bit over there at mile high. I, I just, Sam Howell season, baby. We're here. Scary Terry coming to play. I like that Washington defense. Screw it. Washington plus three and a half, third bet that I have for the week. Take take us to Sunday night football, please. I Miami, New England. This is the greatest game of the week that nobody's gonna think is the greatest game of the week. Miami, <laughs> Miami three-point favorites. They went off last week. Uh I the Patriots had a surprising quote unquote game against Philly. Uh, Mac Jones looked phenomenal again out of nowhere. Um, I, after watching videos of Tyreek Hill, and I can't say the, this enough, and until it stops, I won't stop saying it. 
the constant putting him in motion and his route tree that is all over the field wherever he wants to go is so disgusting that I will favor Miami all season long because of it. So my is this my fourth bet, Wally, or fifth? My fourth bet is Miami money line. Yep. And I don't love the spread because New England's defense is legit. However, I am I, I can't stop I can't and I sent it to Wally and I apologize. I don't think I sent it to you, Steve, but the the video on TikTok of every play of Tyreek Hill going in motion is so disgusting to me. I don't know how it's guardable. I don't know how it's guardable. I don't know what you do about it. And for that reason alone, Miami money line. Could you imagine if we had like the arena football league rules where oh. you just get like a 20 yard head start before the ball snapped to Tyreek? Like that would just be insane. That's essentially like what he's doing. He's just like building up all this momentum. Dude, he's like the energizer bunny. Uh, but like had sex with Usain Bolt at the same time. Uh, this is this is also going to be my fourth bet of the week, right? Give me Miami minus three. What on um, what earth? Because Philly had a shit game and Miami just torched LA. Am I gonna think that they're not gonna just do it again to New England? Right? I don't even need to look at last year and what they put out. Two was just gonna torch them. Jalen Waddle barely even got touches last week or didn't really get that much attention. Like, this would be a good job. Lock up Tyree because you got someone else to worry about. I don't care if he has a lingering issue, hammy issues, whatever it may be. If he's good to, if he's good to play, Jalen Waddle can torch you. We're not even talking about this run game yet. Um, again, as long as you keep Tua upright, uh, you know Matt Judon's going to be coming. Dude, I, Miami minus three. I just think this is too easy. Printing money, I feel like. See, I'm a loser. I'm avoiding Vegas here. I just ate the cheese in the Dallas game, but I didn't do it here. I'm watching this one for fun just because the Patriots' defense is just so much better than people realize. They were a blast last week after a truly disastrous first quarter. I'm not going to say that the Patriots win Sunday night, but because I am picking them to lose. But if they, I wouldn't be surprised at all if on Monday when we come back here that... New England found a way to shock the world on Sunday Night Football, and if that happens, they're a legitimate contender in the AFC East. So, that's where we're at there. Sunday, or I almost said second Sunday Night Football. Instead, we're going to the first of our Monday Night Football slate, where it. it is, I, I to me, it's a little bit less juicy than the other, but the Saints are three-point road favorites against Carolina. Total of 40 you still have the Saints without Alvin Kamara. They're going to be looking at Jamal Williams, especially with Kendra Miller still dealing with his hamstring. But the Panthers, guys, they've had some brutal news this week. Their O-line was bad. It got worse. Guard Brady Christensen is out for the year with a torn bicep. Credit to him, by the way. He finished last week's game somehow. I can't even wrap my head around playing with the torn bicep as a lineman. Uh, and, and he, he's tough as hell. I mean, he's only missed one game. He's in his third year. He was supposed to be one of the anchors going into this year. It's a big loss. Where are you guys at? Are we rolling saints who dat, or are we on the thurs? I'm rolling saints hard. I, I'm not putting my official bet on it because I only have one left and you know, we know what the other Monday night football game is, but I, I, I saints, if I, if I had the bet, it'd be saints uh spread and money line i i mean it's so the panthers are so bad that there's literally a 
a value bet on PFF that says Bryce Young doesn't throw a touchdown. Wow. So I, I you know, I'm out on the Panthers. Yeah, after what they put up, and, you know, maybe Atlanta's defense is going to be a little bit better than we anticipated, but I know for a fact that New Orleans defense should be at their level or better. And after what they just put out last week, I am not really too high on that. Um, yeah, Brady Christensen out, but on the defensive side of the ball, you got J.C. Horn out again. That dude just seems like he just cannot stay in the field since being drafted, like what, like eighth overall, whatever it may be, two and a half, three years ago. So it, that's going to be rough. But for my fifth and final bet of the week, I think we're on agreeance. Give me New Orleans money line. Carolina is just bad. They just let the Atlanta Falcons put up 24 points. I don't care what other skill position players they have. When you have Desmond Ritter manning the ship and you're having 24 points scored on you, there's going to be a problem. Again, J.C. Horn out. Maybe Alave is going to pop off. Maybe this is the Mike Thomas game that he brings it all back together because the Saints game was a little bit sloppy. But now you're going to have the opportunity to start 2-0 and in that division and really kind of grasp everybody here by the balls, especially depending on how Sunday goes. The Saints are going to win, but it's not all bad news, Dylan Watson, Thurs fans. You can keep pounding with the new pickle sponsor of Carolina Panthers, Mount Olive. That's your good news. That's that I saw that when I was researching today, and I felt like you all should know. Mount Olive is the official pickle of the Carolina Panthers. I hate pickles. You're weird. I ain't dealing with that right now. We don't have time because there's a Monday night football game we have to talk about. And that is David's Cleveland Browns coming out here to the Steel City to play the Steelers, where the Browns are actually favored. And David, I can't remember off the top of my head. Can you tell us the last time the Browns have been favored in Pittsburgh? I don't know. Never. <laughs> I want to say that it's like 1994 or something ridiculous. Like, Look, that. you put a stat here and I don't want to read it. So why don't you read it for the crowd? Because I will. I'll, I'll be nice. It, you know. Since New Year's Day on, in 1994 until the end of the 2018 season, the Browns were 6-40-1 in their previous 47 games against the Steelers. Since then, they've gone 4-5. and five. That is not meant as a dig. That is a meaning that it's this shocking. is now – it's a competitive rivalry once again. Tide has turned. In the tide has turned. That was my point of putting it there. And this – your defense humiliated Cincy, David – Last week, what is your thoughts going in? Do you expect more of the same? Um, maybe not a humiliation. We're we're Cincy's like you know weak point. We we everywhere they're weak. We are yeah. We it's straight up kryptonite. Uh, this Steelers game is going to be close. I I I think the Browns are going to win this game. I'm taking the bet. I'm taking the spread. Cleveland two and a half. Um, I just think the defense is is going to over drastically overwhelm the Steelers' offense, and it's going to look much of the same for the Steelers' offense this week as it did last week. Um, that being said, I don't think Cleveland's offense is going to look even half decent. I do think the Steelers give them fits, but ultimately that Cleveland offense is about 15 steps forward from what the Steelers' offense is. So I, I just think that Cleveland ends up winning this game. 
Cleveland's going to start 2-0, and and even better yet, they're going to start 2-0 in the division. Uh, their, their offense, this is a, to your point, Jack Conklin out is going to be huge. So obviously they're going to probably try to manipulate that a little bit with TJ Watt on the Steelers defensive side of the ball. But on the other hand, Casey Hayward's also going to be out, right? Or Cameron Hayward, excuse me, is going to be out multiple weeks, two months exactly, eight weeks uh, from a groin surgery. So that kind of brings off a little slack. Now you're going to have their number one receiver, George Pickens, being covered by Denzel instead of being covered by that two or three guy. We know Najee's not going to have a game. I think I would be for shits and gigs sprinkle a little bit on Najee's under if it hasn't been drastically set at a pretty low number. Um, this It's so easy. David, I think, hit the nail on the head. If you That Browns defense is going to be right up there with San Fran's defense here in a few weeks. And after what they just did to him, San Fran, I just have no confidence in that Pittsburgh offensive line or offense as a whole. Najee's been very disappointing to your point, Stephen. I like your point of pointing out the underbet. And we want to talk about fantasy for a second. Go get Jalen Warren because he's going to start eating up a lot of those touches throughout this year. I need you guys to sell me one way or another now because I'm torn between under of 38 and a half and the Cleveland minus two and a half being the play. Just because it is a division game on the road. We just read all those things about the Brown Steelers. It just scares me a little. And I don't know with these two teams with how good their defenses are. Doesn't it feel like it could be like a 16-13, 16-10 game? Like I almost feel, because I have one bet left. I need to make it here. I'm torn on the under, but I also think the Browns could win by three to seven points. So sell me one way or another. Brownies, baby. Do you Brownies? remember? Actually... Well, why? If you're considering the under, what have been the scores since Baker Mayfield beat them in the playoffs? Oh God, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll pull it up real quick for you. I bet you that the under isn't actually a good bet. I don't know why, but I I'll bet you that under is is a fairly bad bet. I will tell you right now. Wow, it's crazy to me that you guys have obviously been in uh, rivals for so long and you've only played the playoffs three times. I don't know why I expected that more, but since the, uh, the playoff game in 21, the first game was 15 to 10. So that would have been an under, uh, the, then it was 26 to 14. So a hair over and then 29, 17, that's about a touchdown over. And then 28, 14, that'd be about four points over. So it'd be three and one if it was this number. So you're t- all right. I'm just saying I, I don't think the under is a good play. I I think okay. brownies. I just don't think they, they're going to surprisingly score three touchdowns each, and it's it'll be an ugly you know game. But I just think the Browns are going to win. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go with the this is the official bet. I'm going the under. I'm biting uh, the bull or the uh. I'm going the. Cleveland Brown minus two and a half. I'm listening to you guys. I was going to say, I was it, like a blatant it, fuck off right there. If you had taken well, the under. Yeah, I'm taking the, the thing. under. Taking well, the adjusted the under of 36. <laughs> yeah, I want under 34 now. I will say if, <laughs> if the, you watch, if the the Steelers win this game like 24 to, the or, or it would be like 16 to 13, I will then definitely do the fuck off bet later on when we do this in the future. <laughs> But for now, that's where we're at. That's going to bring us to the end of the week two picks. But before we send you out, we got to get a little bit of the prop lock and drop it. David, I I see what you're working with over here. Let's start it off with you here, bud. It's the Cleveland Browns parlay special, right? 
Watson passing yards over 206 and a half. Nick Chubb rushing yards over the 76 and a half. The Cleveland money line and George Pickens under 50 yards receiving. Without a doubt. I changed my mind. I want the under again. It's officially the under. I'm officially taking the under. That has been officially reversed. I'm an under better today. That's fine. Uh, The lock of the week for me is San Francisco spread money line. I don't care what it is. Lock them in. They look so good week one. That's the easiest lock of the week. The drop, Miami, New England. I really do think that could go either way. I'm betting Miami, but, you know, you could sell me one way or another. And then... Dallas, New York Jets. I Dallas is going to just absolutely demolish them, but that's in my head. In reality, you could tell me Jack, Dak Prescott shits the bed, and somehow this game's a lot closer than than we all thought. But again, I just dropped that Sunday. matchup. It's such a widespread that I dropped that matchup. This is what you're going to do. You're going to prop and parlay T. Higgins anytime touchdown score. And Mark Andrews, anytime touchdown score on FanDuel. If Mark Andrews doesn't play, that is voided out. And instead, if you decide that, or you hear on Saturday that he is out, throw Isaiah Likely in there instead. I like that combination. You're going to pay with Mark Andrews plus 660. If you pay with Isaiah Likely, it's going to be closer to plus 1,000 or even higher. So keep that in mind. The lock is going to be the Motor City Kitties, minus four and a half. At Seattle, I love them this weekend. I want to see the pass rush outside of Aiden Hutchinson get home. And then my drop, just because I want to watch the game and enjoy the game and just root naturally for the Jaguars. It is the Jaguars and Chiefs game. I, I don't. I just don't feel right about it. I feel like the Chiefs could be starting slow before they explode. I'm hanging out. Steven, how about you? So my prop, heavy, heavy, heavy. On Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown score. Oh, my God. It's sitting there right in front of you. If he gets in there, you know he's going to get the ball. They're going to feed him early. They're going to feed him often. This is a guy that scores multiple two-touchdown-plus games. Here, and here's a guy factually. Um, I would look at that. It's minus 145 on FanDuel. I would also sprinkle on his two-touchdown performance, uh, mostly because of what I just said. He also hit two touchdowns against his team in the postseason last year. That's in around plus 490 here on FanDuel. But here's a fun one I really want you guys to look at. It's a fun little parlay. I want you to parlay Josh Allen three-plus touchdown passes for a bounce-back game against your Raiders. Kelsey with Kelsey with the two touchdowns plus, and then when it becomes available, a Dak one-plus interception. Can't find that in there right now. There's a Zach Wilson in there. They're just kind of waiting to do the math. But as of right now, the Josh Allen three touchdowns and Kelsey two touchdowns, that's bringing that plus 21, just a little bit over plus 2,100. I'm saying. I feel it in my plums. If not, maybe Aiden Hudson two sacks. Micah Parsons at least a sack. If I'm just saying I'm full of chock full of ideas. My lock of the week is Miami minus three. Lock it in. Easy money. You might as well print it off. And my drop, drop it from the TV stations, drop it from the satellite dishes, the Giants and Cardinals all around. The game's the not happening. Case. I'd rather. The game's yeah. not happening. I, yeah. So I, I, I forgot that it was there. I'm happy you told me to drop it because I, I had forgotten just it was there. It. I appreciate it. ends it's up gone. being the game of the week? Just drop it. What if it's that fucking game? not, David. Yeah, but what if, like, not. what if? What if? Plus 10,000, Here's the problem. If that is the game of the week, you and about 83 other people will have seen it. 
So you're going to have to go out I'm, there. Who, who, who said I'm not watching the game cast? All right. <laughs> I don't. I'm skipping my homework for this week for that game. Yeah, that's fair. That's when I'd skip too. I got a feeling that game's not going to pop up on Red Zone too much. With no. that, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to comment, like, and, sub- and subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down. Or retweet us on Twitter, down underscore loss. Remember, this episode is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, as well as we are a member of the Bruise Cruise Podcast Network, brought to you by Snapmere Productions. Guys, any parting words for the people? I have one quick one. I found out yesterday I was going to have my head shaved, cut off, and do all the, uh, you know, donation, all that. I'm just a hair short, so I'm going to have my hair through the fall, through basically the football season, and I got to be honest, guys, it felt good. I had, I, I there was a moment I was literally, like, welling up, because I, I never thought that having hair mattered, but, like, as soon as it's about to go away, Steven, I get it now, where I was like, wait, no, I put so much time and effort into this, like, it's my baby. Yep. You can't take my baby. It's a part so of me. It is. So I, even though I will We're getting be bald, older, we got to hold on to it as long as we can. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'll be bald when I cut it off in December or whatever, but I'm going to immediately go back into trying to grow it mode. Yeah. Come on, David, grow your hair out. Fuck. No, I don't need, I don't want to spend time doing my hair in the morning. The 30 seconds it takes for me to, you know, put a little gel in, in spike. I was always there. Up. Like, I don't, I don't need to be, I don't need the extra, the extra bullshit involved with ex, like long hair. I just don't need it. I, I don't blame you. Here's the thing. Don't ever grow it because as soon as you do, then you like it. Fuck I that, get it. Grows it. Back. But Cut keep it, it short. Yeah. It takes a long time though. Right. You get to spend all that time working again. Think about all the fucking work that you had to do for that hair and then remind yourself that be shaving your head is way better. Nah. Yeah, I don't I mean it'll feel better. I'll say Everything is better much. about it. Everything. You'll forget you even had hair. Go Raiders. Go beat the Bills. We love you, Abby, but not this time. Not this time. These this is my time. My time is now. <laughs> uh oh. Taking shots yet away to the end. You don't even know if she's still listening. Gotta wait to the end. No, exactly. Oh, no, here, I'm gonna, you want to see how scared I am? I'm going to uh, compliment her right after. Does anybody remember who her pick was at pick 25 in the mock draft or 26, whatever the Bills had? Dewan Jones. Something to think about. Go Browns. The Browns. Should have picked them. They needed it. <laughs>